This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Hey guys, it's Kyle. Today on 10 Questions, Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner and his new movie, American Underdog, the guy who plays Kurt Warner, Zachary Levi. You know him from Chuck, you know him from Shazam. One of the most fun episodes we've ever done. We talk football, we talk a lot about Shazam, comic book movies, all kinds of stuff. You'll love it. Bruce Buffer, get these guys in here. This podcast is scheduled for 10 Questions. Fighting! Out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Brandt! Thank you, Bruce Buffer. This one is special. This one is different. You're going to love it. Welcome to 10 Questions, where we don't just have conversations, we have competitions. Everybody leaves here with the score. There's 10 questions, each worth one point. You get it right. You get a point. If you get it wrong, you get zero. Today, we have two contestants. We've only done it one other time. Rob Gronkowski and Camille Costa came in here together. And today, we got this duo. But before we bring them in, let's give them some context, some prior contestants who have been in here. And you might notice a theme with these gentlemen and their scores. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got six out of 10. I'm Josh Allen, and I got a nine out of 10. Hello, I'm Brett Favre, and I got seven out of 10. I'm Eli Manning, and I got nine out of 10. A lot of QBs, and here we go. How do I introduce these two gentlemen? One of them is playing the other one in a movie. One of these guys is an adult who doesn't drink coffee, but still drinks wild cherry Pepsi. He's in that cross section. One of them, check this out, was ranked 97th on Buddy TV's list of the 100 sexiest men of 2011, and his favorite Weezer song is Only in Dreams. That is a banger, and so is American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story coming out December 25th. Ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Warner and Zachary Levi, welcome. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? By the way, you're right. That is a banger of a song. Only in Dreams. Oh, it's good. Kurt, you an Only in Dreams guy? No, I'm not a big music guy. Sorry. (laughs) But I didn't know you were going to you know, interview me yesterday when we were on Good Morning Football and you were going to use that against me today and tell people I drink cherry Pepsi. So I'm, I'm like a kid, just like my wife says. Kurt, I haven't even started using the material you gave me. Just wait. I'm going to unload the bag today. I mean, that was just Here's two deal, friends guys. talking. That was just oh, no. two friends This is a competition, talking. Kurt. Um, ten questions. Some of them are going to be for you, Zach. Some are going to be from Kurt. You can work together on some. You can stay by yourself on others. If you get tripped up and you're like, what the hell is this? We have a lifeline on 10 questions, and it's called Ask a Millennial. 
We have a real millennial in another window, and we'll bring him in, and you can ask him. It's a real, it's a real thing. I love it. I love okay. it. I love it. I love it. So here we go. Let's not waste any more time. Zachary Levi and Kurt Warner, stars of American Underdog, The Kurt Warner Story. Question number one. This is for both of you. You can collaborate on this. Your category is children's humor. Zach, I know you love children's humor. Kurt, I know you have children. Here we go. Finish this joke that my seven-year-old told me last week. Why did the football coach go to the bank? To get his quarterback. He says to get his quarterback. Is that right? Warner! Yeah! Warner for the win. Yes. I do, ha- I do have 70 kids, man. They, uh, they've used that one plenty of times. You know, they love, they love dad jokes, too. So anytime I can come up with a good one. so And you happen to be a quarterback. So, you know. But, but yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, Zach, you were a quarterback for, for many months. Um, here's what I want to know. I represent a lot of sports fans. I, I'm kind of a snob about the football. There was one moment I knew I was not going to just see this movie. I was going to pay money to see it. It's not the cast. It's not the story. It's not the acting. It was the two seconds where I watched you throw a football. You could have got me or lost me then. Dude, you looked good. You threw it Thank well. You. I believed Thank you. it. You Thank sold you. it. How do you even begin to learn how to throw a football, even approaching a Hall of Fame yeah. quarterback? Well, uh, well, fortunately, I had a lot of help. I had a lot of great tutelage. I got to throw around with Kurt a lot, which was very surreal. Uh, and I also had this uh, other great quarterback coach, Clint Dolezal, and we spent like two months in this crash course quarterback camp, essentially. And, you know, obviously working on mechanics and trying to throw as best a spiral as I could. And I do feel like I got to the point where I could throw a couple dimes here and there, but I also had incredible doubles that did a lot of like, you know, lots of big throws, uh, lots of the big hits. You know, I, there's only one of me. So if I go down and I'm injured, then we don't make the movie anymore, like that kind of stuff. So, you know, I can't take all that credit, but I do feel good about the progress I made in a few months for sure. It looked good. And now, Kurt, you have been very generous and magnanimous about, listen, it's my life, but I understand it's a movie. Not as everything is to the note. I get it. I totally understand. However, Kurt, if this guy came out here and was sidearming it and doing the Phil Rivers thing, he cannot represent you that way. So what was it like to see him, never mind playing you, what's it like to see him throw as you? Well, you know, Kyle, he came to the house uh, shortly after he signed on to be a part of the movie. And so he came, obviously, to figure out about my relationship with Brenda and see my relationship with the kids and figure out who I was. And the whole time in my mind, I'm like, we just need to go out back because this whole thing is going to be determined by whether you can throw a football or not. And, and, you know, as you said, is that, you know, we, we've all seen those sports movies where you get in and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's so awful. That would never happen. And they lose you for the rest of the movie, right? Because this movie is obviously the backdrop is, is football, but it's not a football movie when it, when it's all said and done. So the point is we can't lose them. Like yeah. we, we got to hold them through the football stuff. So if we mess that up and so, yeah, it was definitely a concern of mine because the other part is I also know that he's not a football player. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that part of it, but you don't get to tell everybody when they're walking into the theater, hey, remember, Zach didn't play football for 40 years and he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. You don't get to tell them that. So we should they, just put a disclaimer in the right. beginning. So they only get what's on, on the screen. And so that definitely was a concern of mine. But the craziest part, Kyle, is I was actually on set for most of the, the football stuff. And I believe they brought me on set at those times because it's like, okay, help us. Help us to show us how this is going to work out and, and what you did 
I did very little on those days because the plays that they were running were plays I remember running, whether it was arena football or in sure. the NFL. Zach did a great job. They, they meshed it together. I mean, I think the football scenes are really, really good in the movie when that was probably my biggest concern is I figured we get the rest of it right and, and, and the drama would be good. Did we get the football right? And Zach did it. I mean, and he, you know, like you said, it was a crash course. I mean, yeah. You were mad. I mean, I, I played with guys in the NFL where we would play catch on the sideline. And I'm like, dude, how did you get to the NFL? You can't throw a football. Like, how is this possible? We all did this from the time we were small and you made it to the NFL. So for what he was able, you know, in, in a short period of time to put it together and, and to do the things and shoot the scenes the way that we did. I'm really, really proud of that part of it. That's awesome. And that's really cool of you to say too. You're welcome, son. Listen, uh, I'm not even joking. Like Peyton Manning can't throw a spiral. He talks about it all the time. Zach, you did. Uh, I'm proud of you too. Well, I, I told him though, I told him, Kyle, one of the running jokes in the household is my wife always jokes. Well, you never threw a spiral easier, either, either. So I made it easier on him from that standpoint (laughs) that I'm like, the good thing is you don't have to throw any tight spirals because I never did. You'll be good. All right. Well, Zach, you said wiggle room. That's over now. That was our icebreaker question. Now let's get real. This is <laughs> just for Zach. Kurt, let's you're go. not allowed to speak or you lose the point. I want to find out how well you two know each other. Zach, strike me as a guy who does his research and the backstory on the character. Category, question two. Your category is daytime television. Zach, during his time with the Amsterdam Admirals, Kurt and Brenda watched what talk show every single day? Oh, dear. Through. Kurt, you're not allowed you, to help. You, you are using everything that we uh, talked about yesterday, aren't you? Everything. Uh, they watched The View. He says The View, old view this would have been. Is it The View? Kurt, what was it? Tell him. It was the Jerry Springer show. What the was on. Oh, man. It Don't was, tell me that. Was, it was better than you didn't here. tell me that. I was in Amsterdam, and so when we would go down to the lunchroom, they didn't have a lot of American television. Yeah. So that's what they had on every single day. Look, rationalize that however you no, need it, to, okay? I, if this I, helps you sleep I didn't night, have man. the remote control. I didn't turn it to the Jerry Springer <laughs> yeah. show. It was just always on when we were there. We, okay. had, we had no sure, choice. Sure, sure, sure. Always sure. on. I got it. Okay. I just you look, love you that look he thought you were watching Joy. Well, I don't know. Up. No, the view guy. Come on. I don't look at you as a as a daytime talk show a person at all. I don't know. Isn't that crazy? That would have changed. That would have changed Zachary's entire performance. Like you have to reshoot the movie now that he knows you are Jerry. How many times in Dutch did you hear "You are not the father"? How many times did that? It was still in English, but but lots of times. Lots of times over lunch. Zach, what um we're talking about him in Amsterdam. Of all these different phases of Kurt's career. And frankly, due respect to the other shows you're doing and the junkets you're on, I know those phases more than most people. I do the damn football every single day. I know the barnstormers. I know the Rams. All the, which of those phases of his career, this ascension, did you find most interesting to play? That's a really good question. Um, to be honest, I, I found I found arena to, in some ways, be the most interesting because it was the it was the of the three of college arena and, and NFL. It was the one I knew the least about. Uh, you know, I've watched NFL my whole life. I mean, my mom literally used to drag me, my, me and my sisters to sports bars when we were kids in the 80s. Like, I've been watching football a long time. When projection TVs were those, like, remember those, oh, like, yeah. weird things with the, they had, like, the big bulbs of red and green and blue, like, shining up on them and the super, <laughs> like, fuzzy picture? 
All that jazz. So I've watched NFL a lot. I've obviously watched a lot of college ball. And college ball and NFL have more in their similar DNA. So they're a, a bit more online. But, you know, learning about arena, learning about that, you know, what, what, did, what did the, in the movie, it's the 50-yard. Indoor war. 50-yard indoor war. And how and you know and I thought what was so cool is that that was part of your time in the wilderness of becoming so quick as a quarterback, being able to read your coverage and get rid of the ball so quick, and how that was so pertinent to him then being so triumphant in the greatest show on turf. So that stuff was really interesting, and how you could call your guys in motion and then like literally like they could be running you know from fifteen yards behind and you just get that ball right as they're crossing through. Like this is crazy. It's so much fun. Have you seen the movie yet, Kyle? No, I haven't. I've only oh, okay. seen the trailer and talked to you. There's a great scene in the movie. Cause I remember when I first started playing arena football and the first day of practice, cause we, we played in a, uh, you know, in a small arena, but we couldn't practice in that arena. We didn't have the rights to, to have the arena. So the first day I practiced uh, was on an outdoor field where they had bales of hay set up as the walls. <laughs> And, the, and it was about four foot high. So we'd have guys going flying over the, the bales <laughs> of hay. We put up, you know, two big um, telephone poles on the end of the field. And that became our goalpost that our kickers had to kick through. And so when I That's first awesome. showed up, I'm like, seriously, what, what am I doing? What is this like, ranking what nonsense? What is yeah. this? Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty crazy, incredible time for me as well, both on and off the field. God, that's great. And what goes around comes around. Um, you're one for two, you guys. But now we're going to talk about Zach. He did not know you watched uh, Jerry Springer. Kurt, here's a question for you about Zach's past. Here we go. Kurt, your category is cable television. In 2004, Zach played a bellman in what iconic HBO show? You got this. I, I really believe you can pull this out. He played a bellman. H- an yeah. HBO show? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. What could it have been? Zach and just relax. What is, what is an iconic HBO? What do you think? I, I am trying even to come up with an HBO show. Did Tony watch the show? Yeah, he's the one. Iconic HBO show. Don't be so enthusiastic about it. I'm, I'm trying. Right. I want. Do you think Tony Soprano uh, had just a gonna, I'm gonna throw one out there. Okay. I don't know. Uh, curb your enthusiasm. All right. So the quarterback throws one out there. And maybe it's because Zach wrote it on his hand. Is it curb your enthusiasm? What? 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 It's curb! Yes. <laughs> Teammates, high fives. All right, so Larry's checking into a hotel. The bellman is doing that thing where they say, and here's the thermostat, and here's the remote, and here's the mini bar. And Larry starts to get really annoyed. Kurt, uh-huh. if you hadn't seen it, here's about 15 seconds of Zach and Larry oh. David and Curb. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> You have remote control for uh, power on and off, on and off. Uh, channel. Copy that. Up and down, okay. volume up and down. Uh, right. Mini bar also underneath. Got it. Um, Got it. Thermostat for uh, air temperature control. Yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> Zach, what's it like to listen to that back? <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, man. It brings back memories. It was it was such a, a crazy job. First of all, I mean, I'm such a huge fan of the show and they're dated and all that jazz. But the audition itself, because the whole thing is actually improv. Like they, they, we have an idea. They have an outline of what the scenes are supposed to do. Like what you know? What is your what what is your intention or what is your agenda? But you make up all the words, and so I went to the audition. They gave him this little fortune cookie sized piece of paper, and it says you're a bellman and you're over explaining the room to Larry so you get a better tip, and that's it. And then I had to go find a corner in some office building and like down the hallway, and I just started going over all these bits in my mind, like what what are all the things in a room and how would I over explain them and like you know up and down and left and right and this is a window open and closed and all you know whatever all the nonsense. And then I go into the room and Larry David was there for the audition. 
audition, which by the way, rarely happens. You're rarely auditioning with the lead actor of a show and he's there yeah. and we just riff and, and improv this scene. And the next thing I know, they said, okay, you're our bellman. I was like, this is pretty dope. So awesome. yeah, it was great. That's it's awesome. a classic curb scene. And Larry's like, okay, and this is the floor for standing yeah. and the window you look out of. Yeah, yeah and he yeah, just keeps yeah, going and going. Yeah, yeah. Kurt, I'm going to put you on the spot. Full, full disclosure, Check. I've never yeah. seen the show. Not a single episode oh of the show. And I've heard so much great things. Actually, was over at Rich Eisen's house and had dinner with uh, you, you, with him just a couple years or a couple weeks ago with Larry David. Um, and so I haven't seen the show, but I was popping through the other day on TV and I'm like, there's Kirby enthusiasm. You at just some point it. in it's time, really, yeah, it's fine. I have got to turn this on and watch this show because I've heard so many incredible things about it. Yeah. Is Larry like really neurotic at, at dinner? And does he sit in the middle of the table? And does he, what, what's Larry like at the dinner party? Uh, you know, <laughs> he, was, he was actually pretty, pretty quiet. Um, but then every once in a while, he interjects with something. He's got one of those great stories that that he shares with you, but pretty unassuming for the most part, uh, you know, throughout the night. And he can middle. He can actually middle. See, Zach, you know the references. You're up to date. He can middle. <laughs> right. Exactly. See, I got to know. know I got to know. I got to watch now. I got to figure it out. Yeah, Zach, you're, you, you could be a classic middle at a party. We'll get more into that. Um, you guys right now are two out of three. Um, Zach, name the movie is the category here. I have a clip from a movie. I'm willing to bet you've seen it. It's going to be about 15 seconds long. If you can name the movie, you get the point and start three out of four. Zachary Levi, name the movie. You know, guys, we are never going to get a fair shake as long as Stan Gable is president. But the only way to become president is to win the homecoming carnival. That's right, Arnold. And that's exactly what we're going to do. What is it? Oh, that's easy. That's Revenge of the Nerds right there. That's Revenge of the Nerds, baby. We're three out of four. That's oh, right. my gosh. Revenge of the Nerds. Wow, that's way back. A movie that you could never make today, by that's the way, just way, for what it's worth. Way back. Yeah. Find a movie that has aged worse. I think I don't know if you could do it. Maybe Soul Man with C. Thomas Howell, but that would be the only one. Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, I'm asking you about that, Zach. You, like me, you're you're into the nerd stuff. You're into nerd oh, culture. Yeah. You started a company called Nerd Machine. Let's just give the nerds a couple minutes right here, and uh, let's talk about Shazam, Fury sure. of the Gods. Yeah. Let's get them excited, because my house is a Shazam house. There's millions of them around the country. I know Kurt's got a whole bunch of kids. Let's get them fired up for the Shazam sequel. Why are you excited about it? I mean, listen, man, I, I, it's such an amazing role to play. I, I'm so grateful and so blessed that this is the superhero that I ultimately got to do. I, I was a supporting role in the Thor franchise, but this is like I'm my own superhero now. I'm the guy wearing the spandex. And the the fact that I get to play a superhero that's, you know, uh, this, you know, big muscular man that is really just a 16-year-old kid inside is just endlessly entertaining and fun to do. But I think all that translates across, uh, you know, through the camera and to the audience. And, you know, in the first one, we made a really delightful little movie. I think in this one, we've made that, you know, uh, uh, turned up to 11. We didn't lose the heart of what it was. It's still got the same heart and charm and humor and family and, and all that jazz. But we got a little more budget, a little more time. We got some upgrades and the suits and all that stuff and the special effects, no doubt. And now, you know, from the first one, you know, we saw that all the kids then all got to have that that super alter ego. And now in the second one, we get to dive a little more into that. And what does that look like with all of them? And they're kind of team building and working together to solve problems and fight crime. Uh, I can't tell you too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's awesome. I mean, honestly, like we all were shooting it feeling like this feels good, right? Like this feels really good. 
Um, and we and, and our baddies this time are our villains are Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren, yes. like Dame Helen Mirren. She and I have like legit scenes where she and I are just like tete a tete, like talking to each other. I'm like, what is this? It's so surreal. <laughs> God, that's so cool. It is very surreal. And that's a word it's that comes up a surreal. lot with both of you gentlemen. Uh, Kurt, this is wheelhouse for you. So let's finish up this exam talk with this. Kurt, you competed against the Rogers and Mannions and Favs and all of them. Let's do a little competition. I want you to weigh in on this. Uh, Zach's also been in two Thor movies. Okay. Street fight right now. Shazam versus Thor. Who you got? I mean, you got all kinds of powers at Shazam. I mean, you got like everything. You don't know how to use half of them, but you but but <laughs> but you've got them all. So once you figure it out, I feel like Shazam's in really good shape. But what are we talking about? Shazam, where at here, Kyle? At what point in the story are we with Shazam? Shazam. I'm going yep. with Thor and the hammer. But the fully mature, <laughs> understand all my talents and my gifts and my my powers. I'll go with Shazam on that one. Thank you. I'll give you $100 right now if you can pronounce Thor's hammer's name. Mm. Mm. Nobody can. That's the yeah, thing. Nobody yeah, can do yeah. it. Mjolnir. How do you do it? What's that? Mjolnir. Like, what about your cape? Or what, I mean, what? That's just called a cape, Kurt. Well, I know. This guy. So what, yeah. what's, the, what's the point? <laughs> it's a all joke right. for all the nerds. It's okay. an impossible word. Okay. Yeah, I can say Ragnarok, but say it one more time, Zach, the hammer. Mjolnir? No, Mjolnir. I mean, you know it and you can't even I, say it. Well, it's I, funny to, to, to mispronounce it because I can't pronounce it. Okay. Well, Kurt, didn't you once have a tight end who was named Manu Malinuna or something like that? That's pretty close. Yes, Brandon. Yes. We just called him Big B. <laughs> <laughs> we eliminated that B. completely. We just called the hammer M, Big M. Big M, Big B. You guys, three out of four. Let's get cooking here. This is fun. I'm going to tie in some more of your co-stars from American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. So here's the deal. Dennis Quaid was on this program a few weeks ago, and we talked about this film. This is for Kurt. Your category is co-stars. Kurt. Dennis Quaid, we talked about uh, Coach Ramil's iconic line after Trent Green got hurt and went to the media and said, we will rally around Kurt Warner. Dennis Quaid did that line, we will rally around Kurt Warner, as which of his past characters? Is it A, Doc Holliday, B, Jerry Lee Lewis, or C, Cap Rooney from any given Sunday. Which one did he do it first? It was pretty cool. Give me the choices again. What, so what do you mean does, he did it he, first? He does Dick Vermeil as Doc Holliday, Jerry Lee Lewis, or Cap Rooney. Which one? Tell, tell, explain this to me. What do you mean he did it? He before? says we will rally. Is that what is that what he says? Coach Vermeil says we will rally around Kurt Warner. So yeah. we were talking about what a great line that was, and Dennis performed that line as one of these characters. Oh, oh, alive. He performed it as he one of those characters. He performed Dick Vermeule's line as Jerry Lee Lewis or Doc Holliday or Cap Rooney. Who do you think he did it as? He's got the most, like, character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zach, no. you can help him on this one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was going to go with Doc Holliday because I, I think there's there's some there's some actual, like, accent and, like, something to that. I was going to go with Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, Jay, could, right. I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis also had an accent. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of a little bit of. I can't remember Cap from any given Sunday. It could have been that too. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I'm going to say such a Kurt Warner thing that Zach Levi, who is an actor, goes to him. I think it's Doc Holliday, and Kurt goes, "Yeah, I'm going to go with Jerry Lee Lewis." He does it his own way, and let's find out. I'm going to roll it for you right now. Is it Doc Holliday or is it Jerry Lee Lewis? Here is Dennis Quaid. So what if it? What if instead of Dick Vermeil saying we would rally around Kurt Warner, it was Jerry Lee Lewis? How would that sound? 
we will rally around Kurt Warner. It's Jerry Lee. It's Jerry Lee. Yes, it is. Kurt, you got yes, it. Yes, it is. Props, 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 props. Um, you're four out of five, Kurt. You're hot. You're hitting those All timing right, baby, passes that you're going. so good keep at. Keep it going. Let's get serious for a little bit. Dick Vermeil is um, it's such an incredible character to play, not only because of his conviction of football, but look, the emotions. That's one of his calling cards. In that moment, Kurt, when Trent had gone down and we all watched and as sports fans, we remember it vividly. What was it about you that you think made Coach Ramil really speak that boldly about what was going to happen with that team? It's funny how you look at it, Kyle, because you say what made him speak boldly in saying those words. What I was seeing was Dick Vermeil crying while he was saying those words and going, he's crying as he's trying to pump me up and let everybody know we're going to be fine, but he's crying because he's like, my job is over. I am going to get fired, but we'll rally around this guy and we'll play good good football. football. Good football. Um, You know, but, but in all seriousness, first of all, I'll say, I don't know if he 100% believed it. I think he wanted to believe it. But what people don't know a lot about the story, a lot of people think, I mean, obviously I went from the supermarket and then, you know, 10 days later I won a Super Bowl. Obviously didn't happen like that. And you know, Kyle, that I was actually on the Rams a year before I actually took over as a starter. So I was on the team in 98 and I was the scout team quarterback. And that year I was scout team player of the year. Like I would tear up our defense. Like I'd have buddies on the squad that were just practice squad players and we're like, Today, we're, we're going to school our best defense. We, we, and we would. We would go out there and we would tear apart our defense. So I won scout team player of the year. And so the only thing I can tell you is he'd never really seen me play in a game. But in practice, I was really, really good. And so I think behind all of that was, man, if we can just get a little of that practice into the game, along with all this talent that we have, we can play some good football. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure if it was tears – um, you know, for Trent or tears because I was taken over or tears because he was going to lose his job. But ultimately, it's, uh, it worked out pretty well for all of us. <laughs> God, that is a great answer. Because I have never looked at that bite ever other than what an amazing, earnest moment. And maybe there was a little complicated emotion. Zach, um, let me pivot to you. In your own career, have you had a moment when you were starting off and someone stuck their neck out for you and gave you a break and vouched for you and helped you like that? Oh my gosh. I mean, like every, almost every single time I've been able to get to the next level of my career in a lot of ways. I mean, when I started, I was, I was a kid that was like in doing theater, like I, you know, through, through school, to community theater, I was doing it all the time. And I was in this random community theater play that maybe 30 people were at that night, you know, uh, in like a 150 seat house. I mean, it felt like there weren't very many people there. And uh, with most community theater or school theater, after the show, you go out to like the foyer and you shake everybody's hands and thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. And it was uh, 19, what was it? 1999, I can't remember. 1999, I think. Good year for both of you. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a great great year for everybody. (laughs) And, uh, and I, and I was 18 and this woman after the show, she, she's this little four foot, nothing lady named Maria Comfort. And she grabbed me and she's like, you've 
you've got it, kid. And I want to help you. And I was like, geez, thanks, lady. I could use all the help I can get. And she connected me to a manager who then believed in me, who got me to a casting director named Randy Hiller, who is now the head of casting for Disney. But I was this nobody kid with no resume, a horrible headshot. She read me for one role and she was like, you deserve an agent and I want to help you get one. And she got me to like basically one of the top agencies in Hollywood. So all of those things, I mean, even when I got Shazam, it was, it was partly in part because I had screen tested to play Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy that ultimately went to Chris Pratt. But James Gunn knew, well, his his manager is this uh, gentleman, Peter Safran, who's the producer of, Sh- of Shazam. And Peter asked James Gunn, hey, what was his screen test like? And James said, you know what? He was great. I mean, you should really consider hiring him. So even that was James going out of his way to stick his neck out for me. I mean, all of these things are... I think, uh, you know, indicative of just the incredible blessings that I've been given throughout my life. You know, the the, the provision and the, and the providence and the production and all of it. Who was, who was your person, Kyle? You know, um, Jim Rome certainly helped me out a lot. But okay. when they put get together Good Morning Football, the story was, um, so we got uh, our ex-player, we got our strong female anchor, and we got our insider. We're set. That's our show. That's all you need. That checks every box. And there was a couple people, Jordan Levin, Michael Mann, people at NFL Network, who said, there's this guy who's kind of crazy and he doesn't fit any of the boxes, but maybe we should try a wild card, just try something different. And nobody tries anything different. They don't. Like, no one, it's just stick with the formula and it works. But, like, obviously, Kurt, everything you did was different. Zach, everything about Shazam is different, everything you've done. And hearing you tell that story, Kurt, you know what I was thinking? Like, they got the right guy to play Kurt Warner. Like, that, that is the perfect story and the perfect guy. And um, you guys do not have a perfect score, but you're at four out of five. And now we get cooking. I'm really enjoying this. And guess what? You're about to both be happy. Kurt, something I know you like. Question number six. The category is basketball. Zach, this is for you. Here we go. God, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm so excited about this topic. (laughs) Zach. All right. It's my great thrill to mention that, Zach, you played in the 2011 NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Okay? Magic Johnson was your head coach. Uh Uh-huh. Who was the assistant coach? Uh, Who was it? Oh my god! <laughs> I, got you I, don't, I don't remember. I don't okay. remember. Uh, George Lopez? No. I can't bring in the millennial. They wouldn't know this. This was 10 years ago, and no one would know the random yeah. assistant coach. It was, um, what year it was, was an it? actor. 2011. 2011. But it wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a former basketball player, was it? The assistant coach? It was an actor on a very successful television show. That's all I'll tell you. Jimmy Kimmel was the GM. You had a lot of good teammates. Magic was the coach. Who was the assistant uh, Jimmy, coach? Jimmy Kimmel was the GM? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. It, it's all a hoot and a holler. Really. Right. I mean, literally, Justin Bieber was our point guard. Like, I don't really know. But he's, <laughs> good. he's good. Uh, he, he's good. He was a child at the time. Yes. He wasn't exactly right. crossing anybody over. I'm going to give you the answer, and I'm just going to watch your reaction, Zach, because you're going to be like, oh, I don't remember that, or, oh, it's going to kill you. The assistant coach was a great actor named Ty Burrell. Oh, Ty Burrell was our assistant coach. Was the assistant coach, Modern Family. You, you I wouldn't know. have been able to pull that out of my butt, um, honestly. Ty Burrell's a great guy, though. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he was yeah, our assistant coach. Maybe not the greatest coach of all time, but that's not no, what he no. does. Obviously. I think we lost him. <laughs> he didn't yeah. give him anything good for the game. Obviously, he was an game. awful coach. No, I don't even remember was, him. He was no Mike Martz. But you did mention the Bieber thing. What else do you remember about that, Zach? Because I saw that Bieber was named MVP, and I literally looked it up. He was 3 of 11 shooting and was still MVP. What was that experience like? Yeah, well, you know... 
<laughs> three of eleven in the in the uh, celebrity game is not probably good. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do I remember? Common was well? there. Yeah. Common was playing some ball. Oh, you know, actually, who I remember the most was um, 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 um. Oh, dang it! Wide receiver for the Cowboys. Uh, Terrell Owens. Yeah, Terrell Owens. Oh. That guy was dunking. Like oh, he, yeah. I, I didn't realize. Oh, I didn't realize the specimen. I mean, obviously, watching him as a wide receiver was incredible. But I never put together just like what his vertical and his hops could be as a basketball player. I didn't realize he had played ball yeah. like a lot of dudes did, like even Iverson or whatever. Yeah, he was slamming that thing. I was like, dang, yeah, he missed his calling. Yeah. What's a, what, what was? Did you get his stat line? I mean, no, you got beat. I just stat line. It was like one. Did, did you have a stat line? Did you do anything? I mean, I think I made a layup or two. Okay, I think so. I, just, I, was just I mean, I, you know, I, I was playing the five. You know, I mean, I got some. Yeah, got some the, I got some good boards. Guy, you were I got some good boards, and okay. I think I got like some some turnaround. Oh. I, at least in my mind, I did. <laughs> I, I hear you, and I'm going to go back and find it on YouTube. But Kurt, I want to ask you about one thing we talked about earlier this week. I thought it was a fascinating observation. I went, and I like you, so I'm going to give you a platform to say this. You had this reputation as, I'm sorry, but like you weren't an athletic quarterback, especially by today's standards. And yet you have this conviction where you're like, hold on, I'm a great athlete. Tell the people what you mean by that, because I love this. Well, you know, because I I grew up playing every sport. So I was all state in basketball, one of the best baseball players in in our state as well, and and obviously played football as well. So anything with the ball, I played. And I was really good. I mean, I averaged 12 rebounds, 19 points in, in high school. I almost wow. actually played in college as well. They wanted me to play in college, but I couldn't work it out with the football. So, yeah, I mean, I always, I say felt, but, you know, there was things to back it up that I was a really good athlete growing up. And, you know, I would have players that would, you know, friends of mine that would play basketball with me, and they would look at me and go, dude, how are you such a good basketball player, but such an awful athlete on the football field? How is that possible? And, you know, as we were talking the other day, that's the crazy thing is when I got on the football field, my job was to throw the football. My job was to see where I was supposed to throw it, throw it to Terrell Owens or whoever that is, you know, my guys and let them be the athletes. So it was almost like I shut off my athleticism when I played football, because that's not what I'm here for. So even when I would get out of the pocket, never in my mind would it ever be, oh, go juke that guy out like you've done a million times in your backyard or like you're crossing somebody over in basketball. It was just, where can I throw it? What am I looking at? And, you know, I've had a number of guys that come, I still play basketball to this day, and they come over and they say the same thing, like, dude, where does where that come from? Yeah. I thought I was going to school you out here because you're such a non-athlete. Um, so, yeah, it, it it bothers me because I really do feel like I'm a good athlete. Um, but I just didn't play the way that, you know, that sounds. Or when you look at athletic quarterbacks, I didn't play the quarterback position athletically. And so my kids even, you know, they're like, dad, you're such an awful athlete. Man, it's unbelievable. And I mean, it's just, it's kind of embarrassing because I really do feel like I'm a good athlete. But in fairness, the NFL wasn't really that type of a league even at that point. No. I mean, the well, I mean, like running quarterbacks started to roll in. And, you but, know, but it wasn't definitely. even being a running quarter. It was just like being able to run. Like, <laughs> Dad, you can't even run. Like, don't even do that. Like, you look so bad out there. No. So that's the thing is that I felt the same way that I looked, Kyle. That was That's the worst part is that when I was out there, I felt like a non-athlete. Like, <laughs> I go and like, oh, I'm going to go make him boom. And I feel like, 
dude, who are you? But so it is embarrassing because you can't even show your kids something really good athletically at that level because you so much want to say, see? Because my kids now, they look at me and they're like, you're just an old guy that's a horrible athlete. And I have to tell them, you don't know, I was a better athlete than you were. And they're like, dad, you're a joke. Come on, man. There's no way. They think it was just easy because they're better athletes than I am. I actually heard that on set of uh, American Underdog, Zach was running through some plays and they came up to him and said, Zach, could you be a little less athletic? This isn't really selling <laughs> right now. Just tone it down. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think he nailed I was, that. Yeah, I, I was that naturally. That yeah. I think he nailed the, the non-athletic part. All right. He hit the nail on the head there. Bieber was three for 11. You guys are four for six. So we have four questions left. Let's finish strong. Zach, this is a fun one. This is a question you will only get here, I promise. Question number seven, your category is Marvel. Okay, now you're a DC guy. You've been a Marvel guy. You've been all over. Check this out. I have sound to prove it. Years back, Brenda Warner said which current Marvel star was her choice to play Kurt Warner in a movie? Who did she say? Current Marvel star? Current Marvel star. This guy's in big Marvel movies. He's a very accomplished actor. And Brenda said, that's the one I want to play Kurt. Can we clarify it a little bit? Um, no. She told <laughs> Kurt, Kurt told us, current um, Marvel star. And Kurt, I mean, we'll clarify in a minute. Uh, 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 what do you maybe, think? Maybe. Uh, well, actually, I'll throw on Chris Pratt again. Chris Pratt. Brenda like Chris Pratt. All right, I'm going to play the sound. This is Kurt Warner on the Good Morning Football program regaling us with the tale of who Brenda's choice would be to play him. Listen. If one of us have a say in this, okay. Miss Brenda's the one choosing. All right. So there you go. as of right now, she's in love with Tom Hardy. So oh, I'm thinking oh, that, uh, that if, we go, if we go down this right route in the short term, that uh, maybe she'll try to lean and see if we can get Tom Hardy, which, which I'm cool with. So I was just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, just going to clarify that it was, like, not one of the main... Marvel yeah, well, I think, but, yeah. But, I mean, he is... Venom is a Marvel character. They're more Sony movies, though. So I feel I like see. it was a little misleading. I feel like it's a little misleading, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And he used to be DC because he was Bane. So it was misleading. Um, but the idea of, of Bane, of Tom Hardy saying... I, I, love, I, I now I have got to see the Tom Hardy American Underdog. And that, that is <laughs> my oh my god! The she imagination would, is running would, wild. She would have taken Thor as well. She, uh, she would, yeah, wouldn't everybody? She wouldn't have yes. argued with Thor. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that keeps coming up in, in the interviews I watched you do, and I know Zach, you talk about it a lot, was it is the Kurt Warner story, but the Brenda Warner story is so a huge part of this. It is so important. And it kind of reminds me of the movie Walk the Line, where it was Johnny Cash, but it was also June and was a huge yeah. part of it. Kurt, what are Brenda's impressions of the movie? She uh, she loves the movie. But, you know, when people are asking us, like, they'll ask me, did you have any reservations about doing this movie and putting your story on the big screen? And for me, there was no reservations because, you know, a lot of my struggles and, and all that stuff kind of lean themselves to playing football and how things worked out. Um, you know, over the years, you know, Brenda didn't ask for the spotlight. Um, and she does. She has an incredible, when you talk about underdog stories, she's got an incredible underdog story. But there's a lot of weight uh, that comes with her story. And so there was some hesitation there, like, how much of, of my story and what are we going to get into? And, and, and you know, that's, that's a very vulnerable position, um, you know, especially because 
at the end of the day, she's not the one raising up the trophy. So, you know, it can't cancel some of that stuff out. Um, with all that being said, I think she's really, really proud of the movie. And I'm really proud of that part of the movie because when we were making this, I just knew at the end of this story that I couldn't be the only hero. That if we were going to do this, she had to be in that role as well because we've done this entire thing together. And because of what she'd been through and what she had really shaped in me and what she had taught me and challenged me through the, through the journey that she's had, that had to be a part of this movie. And so um, reservations in the beginning how is this going to work out? What do I have to put on the big screen? But I think she's really, really excited to be able to share her story. I mean, she's been through, she's been through some stuff now. And so to now go, I can use this stuff to hopefully inspire and impact other people's lives and encourage other people. She's very, very proud of how Anna portrayed her and, and how this movie uh, reflects her journey and, and, and what she's going to be able to do with that journey moving forward. The movie has something for everything. It's not just a football movie. It's not just about Curry. It's every single person in your family will love this movie. Go see it on Christmas Day. Three questions left, guys. Let's do this. What's the ones together? This is a question that every single person does. We've had Oscar winners, billionaires. It's called Finish the Lyric. I'm going to play for you guys both a popular piece of music. You're going to hear the singer or the rapper, whoever is going to do their thing, and it's going to stop on a dime. And then you guys, and I think you should do it together, should finish the song. And I guarantee you both heard it. Number eight. Kurt and Zach finish the lyric. You imagine I had the nerve to play that for Kurt Warner. All right. He says, there's only one thing I want to say to you. And then what is it? I want to rock. Twisted Sister. Oh, yeah. I think I was thinking of a different song. Who is that? I explain to you why I'm asking you guys that. Yeah, who is is that? Who who sings that? Twisted Sister, I want to rock. Yeah, right. All right. Um, Zach, in 2010, Zach, you and I were at a wedding together. A guy yeah. named, named Adam Green, who has yeah. directed you before, who I used to be yeah. roommates with. We were at the same wedding. I don't know if you remember this, but the guy who performed the wedding was literally Dee Snyder, the lead singer yes. of Twisted Sister. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's why I'm asking you. Um, my wife was with me at the wedding, and she's a huge Chuck fan. And the whole time, she's staring at you and saying, oh, he's so cool. He's so handsome. And like I was getting annoyed by it. But respectfully, I want to ask you and both of you. Do you remember the moment in your lives, in your career, where, oh my gosh, I'm getting a taste of success, and the first time, Zach, I'll start with you, that someone recognized you and was like, oh my God, you're this guy. I know who you are. Do you remember that? I really don't. 
I, I genuinely don't. I, I mean, I, I, I think it would have been like the first, the first thing that I ever did that was like consistently like on the air was this multi-camera sitcom called less than perfect uh, where it was like me and this, uh, these Sarah Rue, Sherry Shepard was on the show. Will Sasso, Andy Dick, Eric Roberts, Patrick awesome. Warburton, Andrea Parker. It was the, it was a strange office comedy that we did for four years but it wasn't really that much of a success or a hit, though there may have been a few people who were like, aren't you that guy from that thing? Uh-huh, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I, it wasn't memorable enough for me to be like, oh, my God, it finally <laughs> happened. I'm marking it on my calendar, July 3rd. Yeah, right. I don't know. What about you? What about you? I mean, first, first time is, is kind of tough. Did you blow that, though? You were supposed to remember that from the wedding. Yeah. No, I totally remember I yeah. know, but you need to get the those song. lyrics light, right? So we can get Bro, I wasn't right. a Twisted Sister guy. Also a little before my time. We, we, that All that glam we, hair we, rock stuff we was... Both, we both should have known that. But I don't remember the first time, but I do remember a time early on. And so when I kind of hit the scene in 99, it was also when you had the Sosa and Maguire stuff yeah. going on in, oh. in, in, in St. Louis. Um, you know, so you had that whole thing going on. So I remember... You know, we were we were walking, uh, you know, downtown at one point in time, and somebody comes driving by and just yelling, "Mark McGuire, you're awesome!" So that was the first time I remember you. Getting, yes, <laughs> when I got recognized. That I, yeah, no, yes, yeah, me. So that was the first time I got recognized as being one of those guys. They got the guy wrong, but but I remember that, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, people recognize me, like oh they know I'm gosh. somebody. That's they crazy. recognize that I'm somebody. They, they recognize that I'm somebody. <laughs> hey, we went to they college know, together, didn't we? No, it was the wrong guy. I was I was somebody at that time, Kyle. Wow. I always said you look exactly like Mark McGuire. That's a great <laughs> one. Exactly. Particularly right. during that time. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not exactly an underdog story, Mark McGuire, but yours is December 25th. Two questions left, guys. You know what? I want to Let's rock. get them both right. I want to rock. rock. All right, um, you guys can do it together in this one. Four for eight, two questions left. Categories, game shows. Here we go. In the early 90s, Lifetime aired what game show that took place in a grocery store? Well, that would have to be Shop Till You Drop. Yeah, Shop Till You Drop, final answer. Shop Till You Drop, is that correct? What? Zach, I I love the confidence. You know what it was called? called supermarket what? sweep oh Remember supermarket my god sweep? it was supermarket sweep <laughs> it was right. supermarket sweep i totally i'm sorry well we both the thought wheels are coming so, off that's why i'm asking you we drop but you sounded confident shop till you drop and i'm like okay yeah it sounds really good that was Zach throwing into double coverage. Everybody would, sure he everybody could get would just go straight to the meat section and just like load up on turkeys. They would just yeah. remember was, that was a big one. What was yeah. the deal? Did you try to get as much like yeah, you whatever to, you could fit in a cart yeah. with the most money? What what yeah. would essentially well that was like the final round. You would do like all these various things as different teams, but in the final round, the teams would have to like take these you know grocery carts I out remember into, that. and it was like timed, and it was yeah. whoever could bring in the most amount of groceries right. the, the, most, the most, most amount, amount of money. Most amount okay. of money. Yeah. Gotcha. It was great. Uh-huh. And they'd go for the like the steaks and the meat and then the baby formula and the diapers oh, yeah. are very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> I told you everything has to do something with your career, your movie. I think if you're going to see this movie and you're going to see Kurt Warner, American Underdog, you can't wait for the grocery store scene. Like that, you know the story, you know the supermarket. Did they get this right? What do you remember about the supermarket scene, Zach, especially from your perspective? Well, I mean, 
The thing I remember the most about the the supermarket scene, and I don't know if it was a real moment in Kurt's life, though it may have been, um, but it's, you know, it's me or Kurt stocking, you know, the shelves and stocking Wheaties boxes up there and Dan Marino's Wheaties box just glaring me down and, and reminding me of I'm stuck in this grocery store right now and not doing what this dude is doing. Uh, that's certainly the most kind of memorable moment for me. And that did that really happen to you? It did really happen. There you go. Yeah. And I mean, growing up, Kyle, I don't know if you were a sports guy like me, but Big growing time. up, you know, you have, you have a certain things on your checklist as an athlete that you say, I've made it win. Right. So when you get on sports center, you're like, dun, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you yeah. know, or you get on the cover of sports illustrated, yep. you're like, and then the third one was, I want to be on a cereal box. Yeah, I want to be on the Wheaties box. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be that guy. And so, you know, you dream about that growing up. And so, yeah, I remember when I was stocking one night when I was stocking the cereal aisle and I pulled out the, the box of Dan Marino. I actually talked about it in my Hall of Fame speech um, that it was kind of like, you know, it was that thing that reminds you that you're in a grocery store. But at the same time, it also goes, but this is where I'm going to end up. It's that motivating factor to go, Mm -hmm. this is still here. And this is, this is my dream. So that was a cool moment in the movie. And you, you asked if they got it right. Cause there's not, you know, again, when you tell your whole life in in two hours, it's not like we spent 30 minutes of the movie in the grocery store, but there were a couple other scenes. There was one where somebody, we talk about last question, somebody recognizing you. Mm -hmm. There's a scene in the, in the, uh, in the grocery store where a kid recognizes me as the former quarterback of the college team of where I'm playing. And I, I thought they got that right too, because it's that embarrassing moment of, mm. yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, he recognized I, yeah. me like, Oh, it's great that he recognized me, but he's recognizing me as the guy the stocking make, yeah. shelves mm-hmm. and, and not <clears throat> making it. Um, and so I, I thought that was a poignant moment too, because I remember that. You know, you remember when you get there and, and people are walking down your aisle and you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want them to, to see me and, and realize I'm here. And then the third one that they didn't get fully right, but they, they do have a scene where where I'm tossing something to somebody else in the grocery store, which which we did with different things. The only problem was the throw wasn't the best throw. And so it, it led to some chaos in the grocery store. And so I, I felt bad about that because I know the throw would have been perfect on my <laughs> end. So they didn't get that right in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. will live with that for the sake of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. It's so, And I cannot wait to see the movie. December 25th, it's Christmas Day. Go with your family. Go with your grandparents. Go with your kids. It's going to be amazing. American Underdog, Kurt Warner story. Guys, we're at four out of nine as we get to our last question and finish Only up. Only at four, four out, out of nine? nine? Four out of nine. We got cold in the second half, which is not oh, like man. you, Kurt. <laughs> Let's finish at 500, Warner. Did you hear what he did at the beginning? He put up all these quarterbacks, I, well, whatever. and not a single one of them that no. was lower than five. No. So right now, I, we can't even we can't even equal any of those guys that he put up there. And I mean, um, so. <laughs> and then you know what, Zach? This is in your I'm hands. <laughs> We're giving the ball to Levi for the last play of the game. Uh, uh, right. Question <laughs> number 10. And then you go, go and do that. Come Just on, come on. Bring it, back. Bring, it, baby. bring it, baby. Bring it, bring it. Yeah, this is this is like uh, who is it? Anna Vinatieri coming in to tear your heart out again, Kurt. I'm sorry, you should have to stand there and watch. <laughs> Zach, question number ten for every contestant is always what we call an essay. I have found an opinion of yours that you've given, and I'm not sure I agree with it or not. So I'm going to give you that opinion back, and the floor is yours to convince me and Kurt in any way that you want that this opinion is right. Zach, the floor is yours. You once said the greatest. Disney ride is Jungle Cruise. 
convince us you're right. Listen, guys. <clears throat> I've been to Disneyland many, many, many times, okay? Yep. With almost any ride you go on, you go on that ride, and that's the ride. And if you go on it again, it's the exact same ride. No matter how many times you ride that thing, it's the same ride. Now, can it be fun each time? Sure. If you go too many times, because can it start getting boring? Absolutely. The Jungle Cruise, on the other hand, is a little different every single time. And it's about 11 minutes of bad dad jokes on water. If there is a better ride than 11 minutes of dad bad jokes on water, dad bad jokes, dad bad bad dad, dad, dad jokes, jokes on uh-huh. water, there, there isn't. There just isn't. And it's and you and again, it's a different ride every single time. You got a different skipper. They got some different jokes. You can barely hear them because the intercom is like. <laughs> they got the fake gun. They shoot in the air. Come on, what are the rides? I'm like, I'm a fake gun, a cap gun. I don't know. I buy into the theory. You can eat I, on the ride too. I definitely buy into the theory that I like rides that are different every time. Yeah. You have a little different experience every time. I've ridden it a number of times with my kids, and they can't wait to get off of it because of all the bad dad jokes <laughs> that are told. That's part of the fun. But, but I tell you what, Kyle, if you do go with your kids, it makes that ride even more fun yep. because your kids are in agony. For those eleven minutes, like oh oh oh, dad, that one that was awful. But it makes it more enjoyable when you go with people that are irritated by the bad dad jokes. The backside of water, guys. Oh, you know, the backside back. of goat. water. Goat. Uh, they will literally say, "This is my current job. My last job, uh, I was at an orange juice factory, but I got canned because I couldn't concentrate." And you just love it, <laughs> guys. You got it right. That is a five oh, out of ten. Yeah. You have finished oh, the ten. Questions, Kurt and Zach. The movie again, American Underdog. Not only uh, these two gentlemen, a huge part of it. You're part. You should be part of it too. If you like football, if you like overcoming odds, if you like romance, all that. This is the movie to see. Thank you guys for doing this. One last thing. Every single person does a call out. Zach, I'm looking to you. Keegan Michael Key calls out Michael Strahan. He comes on. Michael Strahan calls out this person. Think of any oh. public figure in the world, Zach. That should come on and challenge your five out of ten and speak to them oh, in the camera. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, great. Talk to him. Travis, Travis, get your butt on this show. I challenge you to to uh best our five out of ten. <laughs> it's, it's not a big challenge. <laughs> hey, Travis. hey, hey. Not just make it really hard for him. Just make anyways. it hard for him, okay? He's a smart guy. He knows a lot. Just make it hard for him. You guys are great. Go see this movie. Thank you. Love both of you. Thank you so much. American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story starring Zachary Levi. It is the movie of Christmas, and these two guys are national treasures, if you ask me. Not big Twisted Sister fans, but that's okay. See you next time on 10 Questions. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. Good to see you, bro. See you, buddy. Thank you. This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Richie Bozek, and Isaiah Blakely. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.